0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. It's Cameron here. I am joined remotely with Katrina Leggins, who is a mental health therapist and social worker. Welcome, Katrina. Hi. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. It's Friday, so I'm extremely happy because it's more of a week.
0: (laughs) Yes. We're recording on a Friday. It releases on a Friday. We've all got the Friday feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so happy to have you on here and to share more of your work with the Freckled Foodie community. I started following you, I want to say like a month or so ago, by the time this releases, probably two months ago. Mm -hmm. And I've just found your Instagram graphics of sorts like the you know the posts that you do with the text so helpful and informative and I am someone who's very open about my journey with anxiety and therapy and I'm always trying to share more with my community but obviously I'm not a licensed professional so I can share my journey as a client and as a person but I like to steer people towards licensed professionals for more actual tangible information so it's mm-hmm. been so helpful to share your posts with my community and I've gotten great feedback on them. So I'm loving what
1: you're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And again, yeah, lots of graphics, lots of informative information that I feel mm-hmm. are very practical for people to you know, apply to their, their personal lives. So thank you. Yes.
0: So to kick things off, how would you define success?
1: So success, I think for one, This can be defined in many different ways and can look different for us all. But for me, in particular, I look look at success as both a goal and a journey, and Mm -hmm. I embrace like the highs and the lows because that this is that's what essentially has made me who I am today. Um, I've I've evolved so much, but I've also throughout this process have fallen lots and lots of times. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ultimately think that when it comes to success, you're living in your purpose and you do what you love. And so each day I wake up, I'm always able to do what I'm called to do on this earth. And that is to help people, you know, through mental health, whether that is through my platform or seeing clients, you know, face to face or virtually now that we're Mm -hmm. doing things (laughs) remotely. Um, but yeah, I, I look at it as a goal on the journey. Um, when, whenever you, when I sing this question, I thought to myself, success is not a one size fits all approach. Like it literally looks different for us all, um, depending on where we are in our lives versus like one defined way of, Oh, I, I want to be rich. You know, I want to be famous. And I just think sometimes that is a goal that might not be meant for you. Um, and it might be something on a smaller scale. So yeah, I look at it as a goal and a journey and I'm constantly growing and evolving and embracing the highs and the lows. I love that. And
0: I totally agree on so many fronts. I think not only is there no set definition for everyone, but I also think everyone's personal definition evolves so much as their life evolves. Mm-hmm. And it's been a very, clear and consistent theme in people's response in that a lot of people say, oh, well, I used to think of it in such a different way. And as your life grows and evolves and changes, I think your definition of success does as well. And I also think we get so caught up in the idea of a goal that Mm -hmm. like – we can only focus on that. But then once we achieve it, it's like, okay, what's next? Yeah. And we constantly are moving and raising this bar. And I don't think we ever are enjoying the journey. So I agree with you that we have to find success in that experience. Otherwise, you're just constantly reaching for something that you're never going to achieve because you keep
1: raising the bar. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have, and, and I'll be very honest, I used to think of it as one set thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, want to be a therapist. And that was it. But little did I know that I was going to be doing a whole lot more than that, that, um, made me successful. And there's still lots of things I haven't achieved, but I don't define those things. Um, uh, I don't define my worth based on those things I haven't achieved yet, because I know that I am constantly still evolving and working towards that. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, success. I think I just don't limit your your success. Neither it's not one specific thing; it could be a multitude of things that you constantly work towards.
0: Yep. I also think, in a weird way, it's it it's also inclusive of all of the downs. And like for me, I think I look at you know, there have been things that have happened in my life where I've come to the realization, and I've said this a few times on here in different episodes, but you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react. Mm. And when something negative happens, whether it's You know, it it could be a multitude of things and it depends on each person, but finding success in your reaction. So, Mm. how am I going to somehow turn this to make something of this down? It's not downplaying whatever that negative outcome is and what happened to you, because I don't love the saying, everything happens for a reason. Because for me, it's like, well, if something really shitty happens, I think it almost makes me feel worse if I'm like, well, this happened for a reason. What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. But if I think instead, okay, this happened. I'm really upset about it. I'm allowed to be upset about it. It sucks. But now what can I do to make a positive outcome and learn from this situation and find success within that down?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you have to take in those moments um, that you fail and don't look at it as an all in. This is just, this is it. You know, I'm not going to be able to come through from this. Um, A lot of people see, you know, um, I'll use like social media, for example, you know, you have a lot of followers, you know, you have a lot of your aesthetics looks nice. You post about a lot of fun things and people think, oh, this person has achieved so much success. Totally. Nothing has, you know, thinking that I, you know, this person probably hasn't experienced any type of downs or any lows. And, you know, we have to keep in mind that everybody's journeys are different. Everybody's in mm-hmm. different seasons in their lives. Um, and you know, just kind of going back to my platform, I I try to be very realistic with what people deal with, um, when it comes to goal setting, when it comes to success and when it comes to their mental health, because that truly does, um, look different, um, for, for each person.
0: It looks so different. And I think exactly what you said, social media is such a highlight reel Mm -hmm. and, it, it really instills that whole mentality of the grass is always greener on the other side. It's like, well, if I could just have this, I'd be happy. Or if I could just have X, I'd feel Y. And I struggle a lot with it because on I'm on both ends of the stick. And on one side, I'm a consumer and I'm like, oh my God, everyone, these people are so beautiful. You know, take TikTok for instance. Yeah. I'm like, does everyone have a banging freaking body and gorgeous <laughs> hair and this absurd life? Like, yeah. it's really easy to get critical on yourself oh after scrolling on TikTok for a bit. Um, But then as a creator, I, whenever I'm posting about things, I take into account like, okay, I'm going to be the content that someone's consuming Yeah, and I never, my whole, thing that I've said is I never want someone to leave feeling less than like I want someone to feel like I provided some sense of value, but also that not that they're, that they're just like me. Like that's why I don't use any filters on my stories. I think that is such a mind F for both the creator and the consumer. Um, but really just like, I don't know. I believe in laying your shit out on the table and really being your true and authentic self. And I think we all struggle with stuff. And when we're not sharing it, which I know is easier said than done, because maybe people are just more private than me and I have to accept that. But I do think that when we're not sharing it and we're showing up on these platforms as if everything is like roses and dandelions, we're setting unrealistic expectations for a consumer. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up, you know, what you do on both ends, because, you know, I my lane is mental health. And so Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I started out three, three and a half years ago, I was so intimidated, like because it was so many larger accounts than me. Right. People had beautiful social media accounts had, you know, it was just a lot that I did not have. And it almost made me stop completely what I was doing. Like I was like, no, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm not think i am i not think i am called to do this. But something in me was like, but there's something in you, Katrina, that other people gravitate towards more. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people always say your tips and your tools and your resources are so practical. And I had to keep in mind and remember my lane was created different. And you just stay in that lane. Like you can still support yes. people who are doing similar things or the same things you're doing. But keep in mind, you know, your lane looks different and you have to take pride in the work you put towards um, to build that. Because even mm-hmm. just doing that out loud, three and a half years, never thought I would have been where I am <laughs> with the right. success, which has changed over the last three and a half years, multiple times. And so, yeah, it, you know, I think unintentionally, sometimes we start to compare ourselves, especially mm-hmm. depending on, you know, what, what fields we're in. Um, but you have to remind yourself you didn't put in a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, prayers if you pray, you know, towards this, and you have to believe this is what you're meant to do.
0: Yep. I need you in my back pocket to remind <laughs> me of that every day. <laughs> because it's really easy to in any field to get down on yourself and compare whether it's with work or personal life or, you know, whatever you feel you're lacking the comparison trap is so Mm -hmm. freaking real. And I, I, I just think that especially right now, given everything that's happening with quarantine, we have more time on our hands Mm -hmm. and we're spending more time consuming things. And I don't know, for me, boredom leads to anxiety because (sighs) I have nothing else. If, if I, I'm kind of sitting around and I'm then I'm just left with my thoughts and then my thoughts start to go places that I don't really want them to always go. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm critiquing myself and like five minutes before I was enjoying my personal time. Yeah. So I do think right now it's especially hard, but that's why I love the content that you're producing because you're giving tangible call to action that's also accessible. And I think we also have to remember that like we're all bringing something different to the table, similar to what you were saying when you started out. Like I say this to people all the time who are asking me about whether they should create an account or not. We're all different and you you have your own unique voice and no one's life is exactly like yours and that's what's going to set you apart. So like lean into that. Don't try to be someone you're not lean into the fact that you are your own unique person and run with that because that's, what's going to separate you. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I, I always say that and I try to do it myself, but then sometimes I'm finding myself critiquing my personal attributes and comparing it to others, which is the exact opposite
1: (laughs) of my Mm -hmm. advice. Well, well, you know, well, and I think we're all guilty at some point of doing that. And so don't beat yourself up about it. But I think that when you try to um, do things like another person, you'll find that it doesn't work for you. You know, the more you try to create something like someone else and you keep hitting like these these dead ends or it's just not coming out the way that you envision it, it's probably because you're trying to literally create something that someone else has already done. You know, you Mm -hmm. have to believe in yourself, have confidence in yourself and know that what you aspire to become or whatever your calling is that you're, you're doing it in an authentic way, you know, and you have your yeah. own, you know, swag to it, you know, <laughs> so yeah. you just be confident in that. And, and again, that's something I've had to learn personally throughout these last three and a half years, because I mean, you just, again, I know we're talking about social media, but with quarantine, like we've been kind of forced to use social media more than we want because that's we're in the house all day <laughs> and right. we have our cell phones we have our tablets we have our laptops and first thing we get on is you know instagram facebook tiktok twitter and mm-hmm. you, you see it all so you got to really be mindful of what you expose your mind to because it can yes. definitely affect your self-esteem yeah for sure mm-hmm.
0: and while we're recording this this past weekend or the week, because it's Friday, but this past week I've been sharing all my stories. I share, so I see a therapist every week, which I am so incredibly grateful for. And I realize the financial privilege that allows me to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And after we finish our session, I feel like there are just so many emotions that have come To rise and thoughts. And I kind of get on my Instagram stories a lot of the time. And I say to begin with, I don't really have a purpose for sharing this. I don't know what purpose this will be, but I'm just going to share. And this is what I talked about. And it's interesting because there are so many times I'll think out these like Instagram stories like, oh, I'm going to talk about this and this will be the call to action. And there's a purpose. And it doesn't really resonate with many people. And then when I get on here and openly be like, so this is what I just talked about with my therapist. That's when my DMs are blowing mm. up with people being like, I'm yeah. experiencing the same thing. So it's interesting for me because recently I've been struggling over the past few weeks with just my like general level of heightened anxiety and this like constant not need, but desire for more. And whether that's more time with people, more conversation, more physical touch, more, even like food, more, more of every, I just, I'm never really feeling satisfied. And I, I really dislike that emotion. And it's even like more education, more content, all of it. And it's almost like this tight grip. I actually, I have physical reactions to anxiety. So I'll like, grip my wrists or grip my fists. um, I've had shingles and my my spot where I had shingles will actually like phantom pain, like Mm -hmm. tingle and I itch it. It's so weird. Um, But there's a lot of that and like clenching my jaw. It's just this, I, I don't know. And I talked about it with my therapist and I talked about it on my stories and I got a lot of responses being like, I'm feeling the same thing. And I think, I'd be curious of your input. It's, I think a lot of us feel like we're at this point where quarantine was really hard in the beginning because it was what the hell is happening? Our world is like upturned. I'm so afraid to even leave the house. And then there was this phase of kind of like, I could get used to this. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've kind of found a routine. It almost feels normal now. Is this just what life is? And now we're at the point where like, we're kind of opening up a little, a lot of other stuff has happened in the world. And I almost feel like, a little caged in. Yeah. And I think that's what's sparking this. But I think a lot of people right now are feeling the same way where it's it's as if we can't reach our full potential because there's some type of barrier, if that mm-hmm. makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, like being... Like, i would never thought in my lifetime we would experience this t- this pandemic. Like, I, Neither. I, I was mind blown. I And honestly, I didn't think it would get to this point <laughs> where we're still... Mm-hmm. Like in our house, even though there is some states that are opening and we have, you know, some flexibility there, but like when it comes to us having to change some, a routine that we're used to, that definitely puts our mind and our bodies in a complete shock, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're used to doing one thing one way and now we have to totally like, turn our lives inside out. Like I think of a t-shirt, you know, we have to literally yeah. to go inside. Like we're, we're doing things we're not accustomed to, that we're not used to. And then some people didn't even want to accept it, you know? And so it's, you know, you're still trying to balance. And I think that's the biggest thing, trying to balance being at home, keeping safe, staying informed and, you know, you have, you know, with your job, raising your kids, you know, still enjoying time with family. It's a lot to adjust to. So like when you feel the anxiety, you feel, um, you know, the, a sense of sadness or just anger. A lot of you have to remember you're in a pandemic that all relates mm-hmm. to that's the common denominator. And so I remind myself that often. Um, and I'm glad you We're talking about therapy, you actively seeing a therapist, because I, I advocate, I'm pro-therapy, obviously. Oh, um, so pro-therapy. Yeah, seeing Since a therapist. Since I was a kid. <laughs> it's needed, it's necessary. And if you're still having a hard time trying to understand what you're experiencing and struggling with coping or figuring out what type of coping tools work for you and just navigating with everything going in the world... I highly recommend seeing a therapist because it's mm-hmm. hard to deal with these type of issues by yourself because it's new. It's something we, we didn't have a handbook or a blue a, a blueprint to let us know how to get through this and navigate through this pandemic. And so, you know, also be gentle and, and, and give yourself grace with this pandemic and quarantine, because um, we may be going through this a lot longer than we want, you know, even though things yep. are <laughs> slightly opening, but I, I just, I'm optimistic, but at the same time, just like, girl, we've been doing this four months now. (laughs) Mm So kind of prepare yourself, your mind and your body for what will continue, you know, these next several months or to the end of the year. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, when this all happened, I was, we were supposed to go away for a family vacation and it was out of the country. And so the Wednesday before we were supposed to leave, our family called it off because I was very much like... This does not feel safe to leave the country. What happens if it comes here? Because it hadn't really entered the U.S. yet. There was just fears. And I'm like, what if it comes and then we can't get back? So we went to Florida to my parents' house for, like, our vacation. And we were like, at least we'll be in a house. So if, God forbid, it comes to the States, like – We'll st- you know we we won't be stuck stranded somewhere mm-hmm. and so we went thinking we'd be there for like a week and a half maybe and we were there for 67 days so even just that i'm like okay we'll leave new york for a week or two it'll all blow over and that is just not what happened whatsoever right whatsoever, <laughs> right. whatsoever. Yeah. um so i think preparing ourselves for what you said potentially longer but still being optimistic yeah. but i think a lot of people and i talked about this in an episode that I've recorded, hasn't released yet, but by now, the time of this releasing it will have released, um, about generally how it's totally taken us off course of our routine and things that we are potentially used to doing for self-care that are maybe a financial privilege. And I struggle when this first started i was like oh my god i'm not going to be able to do all of these things that i normally do call it workout classes or acupuncture sessions or you know i'm a big proponent of like getting an actual massage once every like mm. every other month or something um and reiki and all of that kind of body work that i do and i was really fearful of all of that when this all started like how am i going to feel if i'm not doing this And this whole quarantine has made me realize while I still love those things and I do think they're amazing and yes, they help. I think this has really put, and I don't think we're all on a financial level playing field because we're quarantining in different places and there's a huge, huge disparity of how coronavirus is affecting different socioeconomic groups and races. But Mm -hmm. I do think it's, it's limited people from the financial Aspects of self-care that they usually might have access to. Mm. And it has turned us to maybe turn inward in a sense and find ways of self-care that we can do on our own for free. Yep. And I think it's been really beneficial and eye-opening for me, especially because as a content creator, it's really easy to get wrapped up in this wellness space that is New York and this bubble and just think that everyone has access to this when in reality majority of the world does not financially or geographically. And I was doing all of these things that I thought were so necessary. And now I'm realizing not so much like Mm -hmm. the tools that really matter and assist I have access to with a free budget, whether it's meditating or journaling or just breath work or reducing caffeine or sleeping or whatever it might be. Like we need to find forms of self-care that don't have a price tag on them.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because when you talked about um, going inward, I had mentioned to a friend early on with uh, COVID 19 that this is allowing us to sit with ourselves and sit with our thoughts and face things we might have been putting off because you know we're mm-hmm. we're by ourselves a lot, and when you think of self care, unfortunately, some people think of the most you know luxury type things that are supposed to help meet their needs, and with right. this process. Um, I I've been actually trying to help people understand that your basic needs are the most important things you need to focus on right now. And Mm -hmm. that looks like, you know, making your sleep a priority, making sure you're getting your body moving, making sure you're eating, you know, trying to find a way to back, you know, eat balanced meals. I mean, try to focus on those things. So you don't feel like you're not killing your self care, you know, where you're just, you know, hitting this, this, this goal of, okay, I have to make sure I get my nails done. And I have to go get this case right. here. You know, you don't have to do those things. You can do those things at home if you want. But right mm-hmm. now it's about how do we make sure to maintain positive mental health? How do I manage my mental health throughout this process? Because those are the things that you have to keep a priority and understand if you don't, it then starts to affect our businesses. It starts to affect our relationships with other people you know, um, I mean, it just it becomes a barrier. And so I'm glad you identified some of your self-care activities that you partake in because it does look different. It, de- it absolutely does. And right. You know, journaling and, you know, meditating and um, practicing gratitude and just going outside for a while, creating boundaries, mm-hmm. things like that, that you might not think are important are extremely Important um, and helpful. The 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 more you do it each day, and those are things that are not costly that you can do every day. Right, that adds up.
0: Absolutely, and I think this whole quarantine has stirred up a lot of shit for people because, oh yeah, whether you know, for me, it reverted me back to my high school self, which was not a nice person, and I was living with my parents and my sibling and. It was just all of a sudden I was a teenage brat and I was doing things that I hated. And then I would sit with myself and get even more frustrated because I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I I thought I had evolved as a human and grown so much. And yes, I I still credit the work that I've done and the growth that I've accomplished. But it's very clear to me that there's still work to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us are feeling that whether it's the scenario I just mentioned, or, you know, I know a lot of people are struggling with eating disorders right now, or even like addictions or body image. I think this is stirring up a lot of things being like, hey, I know you think you've outworked me, but I'm still here and there's still some more work to be done. Mm -hmm. And something that you mentioned is something I'm really interested in and I think a lot of people are and I would love your advice on is setting boundaries because I am so bad at that. <laughs> and my family, no, I like it is an issue. My family knows no boundaries. It's fun and games until it's not. And I've been working really hard over the past like two plus years to set some boundaries, but it's not just my family. I don't think I set boundaries with my time and my friends and especially my freckled foodie community. Like I respond to things instantaneously when it's not necessary, and I don't think that I properly set boundaries. So I would love if you could provide some advice for both me, but also (laughs) for people listening because I know I get questions about it, but how to kind of go about that? Because I think people are so afraid they don't want to put up these walls or they don't want to offend people or they don't want to seem
1: selfish. But I do think it's so important. Mm -hmm. Well, for one, you have to think why are boundaries important? Why do we put them in place? And we do them to protect ourselves. We do them to strengthen our relationships with other people. Because if you don't set boundaries, you start to see the effects of what that looks like. You know, with quarantine, you know, if you are, for example, a very social person and you like to be out and about, um, it's prob- it, you probably struggled a lot more <laughs> because you mm-hmm. didn't have that ability to be um, face-to-face with people. But you have to remind yourself that when it comes to these boundaries that I am doing these because if I don't put it in place, I know that I'm not going to be able to show up for you or for this, this event later on. Um, and it can cause more harm than good for us. And so um, now I know that some people like to text you or call you and you feel obligated to want to you know, pick up the phone right away. Sometimes you don't mm-hmm. owe, owe an explanation. You know, I think sometimes we feel like we're obligated to have to explain why we don't want to do something or why we can't be a part of something. And yeah. as simple as, hey, I can't, you know partake in this today, um, maybe next time, but today I can't do it, you know, and you have to be okay with that. You know, you have to remind yourself that I'm doing this essentially for the both of us, (laughs) because when you don't set the boundaries, you end up doing something you don't even want to do. And now that ends up, that could ruin the relationship, you know, along the line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just reminding yourself that, Setting that boundary is to help the relationship, but it's also to protect you.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think, you know, when you're not showing up as the best version of yourself, you're hurting whoever you're with as well. Because I know when I show up in a pissy mood and I'm with my family or my husband or my close friends and I kind of like pop off or snap at them. hmm Then we end up fighting, and then we're all kind of losing. No one's winning in that situation. So, when you're trying to actually, so say myself or people listening, we acknowledge that we need to set the boundaries. What do you think like the best route of going about that is? Because I think that's what people struggle with. Everyone's like, I need to set better boundaries. I need to be better about this. But then implementing them, I think is mm-hmm. so difficult.
1: Well, I think that you need to, for one, be in tune with how you feel first and give yourself permission and don't feel like you are being this horrible person for being honest. Because when we when we can't be direct <laughs> and, and, and be honest about why we can't, do something or why, you know, why we don't want to do something, then we're creating kind of like this facade, like we're not, we're not being our true selves. And so, you know, be in tune with your feelings, be direct, uh, practice self-awareness, you know, and I think also kind of going back to self-care, the more you take care of yourself, the more you understand the importance of boundary setting, you know, Mm -hmm. because some people feel like when when you put yourself first, that essentially means you're a selfish person. And so you have to let people know you have to respect that in order for me to maintain this relationship. And so, you know, just give yourself permission without feeling guilty about it. And it's something you have to practice a lot <laughs> before you yes. just say, OK, I'm a pro at boundary setting. <laughs> you know, like it does because it is uncomfortable. It is really awkward for some people to to say no to something without feeling obligated to overly explain but you have to think when you overcommit or overextend yourself, the result of that um, usually looks pretty pretty bad, you know whether you know yes. you're emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted, you know, because you have put so much of you into this person, you know to the point where now you don't have anything else to give and so just let let people know how you feel. But, and why this is important. And some people may not respond to that well <laughs> or agree mm-hmm. with it, but that's okay because it's not about them. It's about you, you know. And so if somebody can't recognize that and support that, I think that's a, also a good opportunity to examine that relationship, you know, whether you need I to agree. Dis- whether you need to distance yourself, whether you need to, you know, um just decrease Contact you know whatever you have to do you know and again that's part of boundary setting as well so mm-hmm. you know essentially all those things you have to practice and 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 do a, enough of before you can feel confident in you know practicing those boundaries and just expect that everybody's not going to agree with you know what you what you set <laughs> that limit you know True. nobody likes no being told no not no no not everybody but a lot of people don't like being told no about certain things. So,
0: yes, I think I can share. I mean, my mom knows that I openly share everything about our relationship anyway and I love her to death, so it doesn't matter. But she's someone who we talk about it all the time. She knows no boundaries and that's why our house, we kind of were raised with zero boundaries and I mean like emotional and also physical. Like doors were never shut. No one has a lock on their door. Oh. I grew up with Yeah. So I'm one of three girls and my dad used to work in the city and he traveled a ton. So it was really a house of girls during the weekday. So like running around the bathroom, like shower doors open, there were really no boundaries. And I mean that in every sense. And it's been so interesting as I've grown older and especially as my anxiety has heightened and just evolved into what it is recently I started to notice that spending time at home and specifically like an example for me is in the mornings. When I wake up, like I need my time. I journal, I have my like water, I have my coffee. I'm kind of entering the day in my own space and pace. And when I'm constantly bombarded with conversation or questions, it really heightens my anxiety. And I know that I could work on my level of reaction but still I've become very aware of it mm. and my mom is the type of person that gets right out of bed and wants to know what are we doing what's going on are we going for a walk what's for breakfast what should we do for dinner what's everyone feeling how's everyone's night what do you think like that's how she is right when she rolls out of bed and it took so long because initially I would just combat it with anger and we would fight almost every morning and I'd leave like huffing and puffing and eventually I sat her down and I was like listen I love you so much but I just can't handle that type of energy in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need my time. Can we just say good morning, say I love you, hug, and then enjoy our time together but alone and separately? We can sit at the coffee table together or the kitchen counter, but we don't have to necessarily speak the whole time. <laughs> and it was really hard for her because she does not like boundaries yeah. and she does not like being told no We joke that she's a jackhammer because she just never stops. And she eventually, even though it was tough in the beginning, she's now completely understood and adapted. And, you know, yes. (laughs) And, you know, we're still working on other boundaries. But during quarantine, it's been nice to have those mornings where we're together, we're sitting at the kitchen counter, but she's doing a crossword. I'm journaling. And, like, we're, in my mind, having moments together, but we're not – we're still setting boundaries for our
1: emotional – health, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. And you basically described like that specific indirect approach. And I mean, I think that's the best approach to take um, for those who are currently like in that beginning stage of trying to figure out where do I start? You know, just, you know, and you can, in the way you do it, you know, it doesn't have to come off hateful and, and harmful. Like, Hey, this is, this is exactly what I'm experiencing. And this is what I need from you. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. I just and leave it at that. And then, and again, you know, their reaction may not be, you know, what or might not be pleasant. You know, I may not agree, but you know, you you have to be specific and direct so they can understand exactly mm-hmm. what you're meaning in that that boundary you're wanting to set.
0: And I think also like making it more about you than them Mm -hmm. because if I went into that conversation and was like, you bother me a lot in the mornings, you never stop, you know, then obviously she would feel defensive, but like instead Mm -hmm. it's like I personally wake up anxious and I need time to kind of decompress before I start my day and I need that time more for myself and in silence. And, you know, really focus the conversation on your emotions and how you're feeling versus how they make you feel, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like less attack on them so that they understand instead of defend. Yep.
1: Yep. I agree. Yeah. I statements.
0: <laughs> yes. That's what all, it is. About the I statements. Yeah, all about the I statements. I feel <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> when you do, this, I feel this. Um, but so, really help. You, <laughs> yeah, no, my God, it, it totally helps. And Joe and I, even just the way my husband, even the way we communicate has evolved so much. We've been together for uh, 13 years now. And the way that we communicate in a relationship, obviously we started when we were 16. So no one has great relationship mm-hmm. communicational skills at that age. But Expressing it more of like I feel this way, and it takes a level of vulnerability. And I I think there's nothing sexier in a man than being vulnerable. Oh, gosh, I think yes. they need to lean into that. So If there's a man listening, like that is a hot attribute. Don't yeah. stay away women. from it. <laughs> yeah, I think for some reason men believe that if they're vulnerable, they're like seen as like babies. I don't know what they think, but they are so wrong. Mm-hmm. Women are all about it. So. Even just being vulnerable and being able to say I feel X Y Z when you do this, it makes me feel whatever. It's so helpful, and it it, it really changes the conversation and totally decreases the temperature and the like potential for combativeness. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So I'm curious if you did, like, did you always know you wanted to be in this space or a therapist, or
1: how did how did you kind of get into this career? So I always knew I wanted to help people as a kid. I didn't um, know exactly the capacity uh, until I, I'll say my adolescence, um, I knew I wanted to provide therapy. And um, a lot of that came from just a lot of things I struggled with as a kid. Um, What I I, um, witnessed, um, you know, just a lot of just depression, a lot of anxiety, a Mm -hmm. lot of Verbal abuse, I mean it was a lot. It was a lot going on. And I wanted to understand also the dynamics of my family and the dysfunction <laughs> that yeah. we all had. Um love them, but we all had, um, and it's still a work in progress. Um, and so I then obviously went to went to college and learned about the field of social work and did not know that social work was so broad with their um, fields and I knew that there was a clinical approach. And so once I Decided to go that route. Um, I decided to take it further and, you know, go under supervision and get all my hours. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I can do more than just provide therapy and see people, you know, in a actual office setting. I want to reach people on a bigger platform. And Mm -hmm. three and a half years ago, that's when K-Nicole writing um, came about and that gave me the ability to show people like, hey, yeah, I'm a therapist. You know, I'm here in Oklahoma, but I also have a lot more to me than that. And I can help right. you in different different ways, you know, versus if you don't necessarily need to be seen in the therapy chair. And um, it's been a ride, but it's been so rewarding because I've been able to meet people like you. <laughs> From all over the world and connect with people um, and help people, most importantly, when it comes to their mental health and self-care. And so um, now, you know, I do speaking engagements and um, I offer my own services, you know, with with speaking if I, you know, if you want to join one of my workshops and Mm -hmm. um, and there's some other things I have planned. I I, I launched a um, self-care ebook. Um, I have a a t-shirt apparel line that focuses focuses on self-care. So, so much has come out of my Kano co-writing brand over the last three and a half years that, again, I did not think I could do because Mm -hmm. of just the confidence that I lacked back then. Um, Because a lot of people didn't understand why I wanted to go in the field of social work and didn't think... The my brain would be as big as it is, even though it's still growing. So I just have to remind myself, you know, this is what I'm called to do. And I'm going to do everything in my power to execute it and keep it going. So, yeah, it's been a ride.
0: I've loved (laughs) watching and I know there's so much more to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm curious what your favorite
1: characteristic about yourself is. Oh, man. Um, I'm a go-getter. Like Hell yeah. tell me to do something, I'm gonna <laughs> do everything in my power to get it done. Um, I'm very loyal. You know, I, I I'm big on, you know, like if I'm building a relationship or a partnership with someone, okay, my name means everything. So I'm going to stick it out and make sure what you give to me, I give back to you, you know, because mm-hmm. I believe that's how you, you know, um, have a relationship that can last, but definitely loyal, definitely a goal getter. Um, I'm also very kind-hearted, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that used to be a pro and a con because people feel like they could take advantage of people who are very right. sweet and nice. But I also think people see that, and um, I mean, it's like a light, a light bulb. I guess people kind of gravitate towards, and yeah, I feel like a lot of people approach me because of my presentation, and I and I truly you know, feel that it's important to treat people the way you want to be treated and Mm -hmm. treat people with kindness. There's a lot going on in this world. And my mom taught me that at an early age. And so those that in particular I think is my best attribute characteristic um that I will always attain, you know, because there's nothing worse than just being a a mean person. (laughs) Mm -mm. Uh that um just, it's just grumpy all the time. And so I don't believe in just, you know, making my, or allow myself to stay in that funk for too long. Yeah.
0: And I think you have a very welcoming and comforting aura from what I am assessing on no, Instagram. So you. I think you're spot <laughs> on with your favorite characteristics. Um, but I agree. I think it, what you said about loyalty, I think applies to relationships and kind of what we were even saying about setting boundaries When it comes to friendship specifically, and this is something that I've dealt with throughout my life and I deal with with some of my health coaching clients, is you should leave a relationship when you spend time with someone. You should leave feeling fulfilled. You should never feel like heavier or Mm -hmm. less than or depleted. You want to leave spending time with people feeling uplifted and like you actually gained something from their time, not that you had to constantly give. And I think that it's such a two way street, and I do think specifically my age. I'm 28, so I think late 20s, early 30s is a really big time of reevaluating yeah. relationships. I agree. And okay, we're not just getting drunk together in college. Like, what are what are we bringing to the table individually, yeah. and do they align? And you know, sometimes they won't, and that's fine. Like, relationships are allowed to evolve, and I think some people are so afraid of that concept that they might hold on to relationships that aren't serving them. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that comes with setting your boundaries of like, who am I giving my time to? Because you can't give it to everyone.
1: Not at all. Yeah, you're right. You know, and I, I do think it's a self evaluation period during that time frame because I don't have or hang around a lot of the same people I, I went to college with. I mean, we, we, we. I don't have time to party like that anymore. Right. I can't even, I can't drink like that to the point where I can get. Oh my a God, morning. I could never,
0: <laughs> never. If I think about like a day in college, I drink that whole amount in a week.
1: Right. Like it's just unrealistic. And, and if that's mm-hmm. where you, your mindset is still is, we we just we're not gonna make it like we we're we're not gonna right make in this relationship
0: <laughs> exactly um and then to close, I do bring things back to food. What would be the three ways to your heart through food?
1: oh my gosh, I'm such it's foodie. the hardest question <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay, three okay, let's think um uh, Mexican food i, mm. I love queso. <laughs> Anything yes. cheese? <laughs> oh gosh, enchiladas. I love tacos. Oh gosh. Um, guacamole, um, chips and salsa, gosh, Mexican food. I love it all. It is just a weight in my heart. Um, I would also say a good homemade juicy burger, cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I love cheese. <laughs> yes, <laughs> cheeseburger. Um, that sounds good right now. Um, and then lastly, which might be interesting because I don't know if people are like this and strange like me. I love any type of potato form, like fried, baked, mashed, you name it. I love it because it's like a form of a potato. I love potatoes. I love
0: potatoes. Yes. My husband loves potatoes. And we have a family joke of, we were like looking at photos recently from college, I guess. And he went to school college out in Iowa, which is like potato land. And he did, he gained a few pounds in college. Obviously (laughs) he was drinking. He says it was to keep up with, he played basketball in college and he's like, it was to keep up with all the other people. Like on the court, I had to Uh like really buff up is what he refers to it as. But we were looking at photos, and I guess we never realized that he had, like, changed because in the moment it just didn't seem it. But now when we look back, I'm like, you look like a different human. And, I mean, he really <laughs> didn't even gain that much weight. He's going to kill me listening to this. But my sister made this joke pretending to speak like him. She's like, I like potatoes. <laughs> and so now whenever we eat potatoes in the house, we always say it, like, in this joke oh. of a voice of Joe, but just like, I like potatoes. <laughs>
1: Yo, I love potatoes.
0: <laughs> I do too, but it's just become this saying that we That's say, and so I'm funny. like, I do love potatoes. <laughs> They're so good. They're like the the base of so many of my favorite things. Yeah, French fries, mashed potatoes, baked potatoes. Yep. I love it all. Oh, we do baked potato bars at my parents' uh-huh. house, and I
1: love it. And you can put anything on it and mix and put it. Oh my god! You can't yeah, go wrong. it's a blank
0: canvas. I know. Well, this was so much fun. Thank Yay. you so much. I really think this will be helpful for people to listen oh, to and. Okay for anyone listening, make sure it'll be in the show notes, but to follow Canical writing on Instagram. And also I'm curious, Katrina, do you do like, are you offering your therapy services remotely for people who
1: aren't? In your home base, like moving forward, or is that just a temporary thing? Um. Well, well, where I work, it's a community-based clinic here in Norman, Oklahoma, and we do okay. provide remote services. Um, there's a there's a system you have to go through before um, we provide those services. But locally, uh, my Oklahomans, we do we do provide it for. Okay. Um, I work in a children and families clinic, so we serve three to about twenty three year olds. Um, okay. Seeking services. So I'll get all of the
0: links and all of that good stuff from you. And it'll all be in the show notes. Okay. But again, thank you so much. This was so much fun.
1: All righty. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for
0: listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.